I walked off the platform after announcements, I thought, you know, there's something I was supposed to say. Don't remember what it was, but happy Father's Day. That's what it was. So I apologize. It's also Heather and I's anniversary. So uh, there's that too. 20 th- She's nodding. I am right, right? Yeah. 23, uh, 23 years. It's been a long, long time. So it's a great, great thing. So let me kind of start off with a little bit of an introduction. Um, anytime I have ever preached from the book of Romans, I kind of enter into the text a little, a little afraid because Romans is so, so thick uh, with theology. You kind of, you want to make sure you don't bite off more than you can chew. And so that's, that's kind of the way I approach Romans of like, let's keep it to like just a few verses. Let's not do too much because I'm going to lose everybody. And last week um, I got to the end of my sermon and I thought, you know, uh, I probably should, should treat Peter more like Romans than like some of Paul's other writings. Uh, because I, when I got done last week, I was like, I think I preached way too much. And so I apologize uh, as I've thought about the sermon this this last week's sermon this week, I'm just like, man, I covered way too much. So this week, we're going to read 10 verses, but really just focus on two of them. Uh, And so I'm going to try to do a little bit better with that, because I think I lost most of you last week, so I apologize. Um, And the good news is, when this is the first time in the time that we've been recording and posting to YouTube, that I also accidentally erased last week's sermon. Literally, I mean, it was an accident. I reformatted a hard drive that the service was on, and it's gone. So... The good thing is that it won't be on YouTube anyway. So uh, let's uh, let's jump into uh, jump back into Peter, uh, kind of pick up where we were last week, um, and I want to just kind of have a couple passages in your head because it goes into chapter two. Uh, and so let's start off with chapter one, verse twenty-two and twenty-three. Paul write or Peter writes, "Since you have purified yourselves by your obedience to the truth, so that you show sincere brotherly love for each other." From a pure heart, love one another constantly. Because you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. And so Peter there tells us that we show brotherly love and that this pure heart pushes us to love one another. And he even uses the word constantly. Why? Because we have been born again. And this is an important kind of statement of where we're going this week. Then in verse 24, he says, For all feel, all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like a flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls. Verse 25, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word. This word is the gospel that was proclaimed to you. So don't, don't kind of miss where Peter is going, because we're, we're picking up right after this. But Peter is reminding us the living word of God endures forever. And what is that living word that endures forever? Well, the word is the gospel. And so we're, that's where we're going to kind of pick up and where we're going to move into with chapter 2. Part of what we're going to see in chapter 2 is, is that this word, the gospel, makes claims upon our lives. It makes claims on who we are. The gospel is given to us, and it makes a claim on my life. That's, that's where, what we're going to see. So let's jump in. We'll read the passage and then uh, kind of work through just a little bit of it. So chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word 
so that by it you may grow up into your salvation. If you have tasted that the Lord is good, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by people, but chosen and honored by God, you yourselves as living stones, a spiritual house, are being built into a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, for it stands in scripture, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and honored cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. So honor will come to you who believe for, your, for the unbelieving. The stone that the builders rejected has become, this one has become the cornerstone and a stone to stumble over and a rock to trip over. They stumble because they disobey the word. They are destined for this. Verse nine, you, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You have not received Mercy, but now you have received mercy. So as we know, uh, it is June, which means uh, it is rather hot out. Uh, it is also continues to rain, which is a good thing, but also a bad thing. It is June, it's hot, it's Father's Day, it's my anniversary, it's all of those things. We are in the middle of summer, or kind of getting to the middle of summer. And for most of us, there is kind of a, a process we go through on a weekly basis or sometimes kind of maybe it's every other week or maybe you do it more often than that. But we go outside, or I do in my house, I go outside, I have on some old clothes, I put on old tennis shoes, they're my grass cutting shoes. I get the weed eater, I get the push mower. I always, I have a front tire on my mower that I have to keep, I need to replace. I have the extra tire, I just haven't had time to replace it, so I have to put air in the tire, and I mow the yard. And for our house, I have to, I have to push mow our entire ditch. If you've ever seen our ditch, it's an exciting experience. I have to do it about 20 times a year, and after the first time I do it, in March-ish, I think I have 19 more to go, and I count down, because it's that much fun. But we mow, or I mow, but we mow and we, we come in the house and then you, you finish this. And if you're like me, and probably I hope most of you have to deal with this as well, I sweat a lot. And so I come in, I come in the garage, I take off the nasty shoes, especially if I've been weed eating and I put them by the door because I'm not dare gonna, going to walk in the house with those shoes on. And then I have to kind of tiptoe through the house and I'm not tiptoeing because I don't want anybody to hear me, but I'm tiptoeing because I don't want anything to fall off of me. Grass clipping, sweat. Are, am I the only one that deals with this? No? Okay, good. So I, I go through the house, dripping wet, and I get to the bathroom. I take all the clothes off. I shower. I get out of the shower, and then this is the worst part of the whole process. Laying in the floor of the bathroom, there is a pile of clothes and they're wet, and they're disgusting, and they're gross. And I'm clean, and now I have to pick them up. Now, let me just kind of side note, this has nothing to do with the sermon. Men, don't leave that pile of clothes there for your wives. It's not nice. Okay, It'll, you'll have a happier home if you don't leave that pile. Also, pro tip, if you take your towel and just kind of like scoop it, 
Y'all ever done that? Like get up underneath it and then carry that. Heather will not let me wash these clothes with other clothes. So I have to wash them separately because then she says it makes everything else smell. My nose doesn't work. So I don't know, but she says it. So I have to do it. So you, you, you grab it all up and then you walk it. And in my house, you have to walk it then, put it in the wash by itself, nothing else, and wash them. Now, some of you are like, Pastor, this might be the grossest sermon illustration in the history of the world. And it is. And it's there for a purpose. Because when we read this passage, verse 1, Paul or Peter says to us, therefore, rid yourselves. This word rid in Greek is the word that we also use for put off or take off. So Peter says to us, therefore, because of the gospel, because of salvation, because of holiness, because of all of these things I talked about in chapter one, which he didn't have chapters, but all of these things I've already talked about, because of all of these things, therefore, take off. Take off the old clothes. Take off these old things. Take off all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. Take these things off. Because why? Because you are now being made clean. You are now being made clean. And to wear those old things is like putting back on a former life. Putting back on the things that were dirty before. So he says to us, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, all slander. Rid yourselves of these things. So for, for Peter, what he is telling us is, imagine yourself, and this is kind of, this is the imagery I want you to take away from this sermon. Imagine yourself getting out of the shower, you are clean, you're dry, and you look at that pile of clothes and think, you know what I want to do today? I want to put those clothes back on right now. And you would say, Pastor, that's disgusting. I know. And Peter is saying to us, if you think that is gross, why in the world would you put on malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander? Because you have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And when you put those things back on, it's grosser than putting back on the mowing clothes. Now let's kind of walk, let's walk through these things. What, what does he mean by these? So let's kind of walk through them just real, real quickly. Paul, well, let's kind of go. Peter is kind of getting us to this, to this other moment. So let's, before we walk through them, let's just go through real quick. Kind of where, where, is, he, where is he getting us? Verse 9 uh, is kind of where he's taking us. He says to us, you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the promises of the one who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. Let's stop there just for a moment. Let's go back. Sorry, Emily. I knew you were going to be quick on the trigger. I was trying to stop you. Look, look at what he's saying here. You have been set apart for a purpose. You are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a people who are owned by God. Why? Why, why would God do this? So that you may proclaim 
the praises. The praises of the one who found you dirty, sweaty, covered in grass clippings, who found you like that and has called you out of that darkness, not into just any light, but into marvelous light, into the light of his son. What does John 1 tell us? He is the light. He is the one who shines in the darkness and we have been called into that. And so Peter wants us to understand if you have been called into the light, if God has done this, why in the world would you go back to what you've already taken off? Why would you put those clothes back on? And so Peter continues his argument once. You are not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So let's, let's kind of walk through what, what these words mean. So let's start off with, with malice. So all malice. All malice is uh, pretty much any kind of evil or wickedness. Uh, Peter actually uses the same word later on in the chapter. In verse 16, Peter says, submit as free people, not using, not using your freedom to cover up for evil, but as God's slave. So this is the exact same word that we see for evil. This word in Greek is kind of this umbrella term for all evil. And so Peter uses it twice in the same chapter. Now, why is it here we see it translated as evil, but we go back to verse one and we translate it as malice? That is a great question. I know all of you are thinking about it. The reason it's translated differently has everything to do with context. Because if we go back and look at these words, what's going on is these words move us from not just an overall evil, but into an interpersonal evil. These words that follow malice are words that are interpersonal. And so yes, malice can be any kind of evil or wickedness. But malice is also, in kind of a deeper, more personal, relational term, malice is the desire to cause pain for the satisfaction of doing harm. It draws us into mean-spirited nature towards others. So malice is this overall kind of umbrella term that Peter is using here, but it's more than just evil. It is something that is relational. It is something that we are drawn into this mean-spirited nature towards other people. So if we do something out of malice, we are doing something to someone else. We are purposely harming them. And as this definition says, we're not just purposely harming them, we're, we're, we're getting some satisfaction out of it. And Peter says, why, why would you put that back on? And so this umbrella term kind of leads us into the rest of these, these words. And so let's just kind of see, it leads us into deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. These words are all relationship-destroying words. You hear it? These words, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander, they're not just evil. They are relationship-destroying words. And we are people who are called into relationship. Not just relationship with our Father, but relationship 
with one another. So let's walk through them. Deceit. Deceit, quite simply, is trickery or falseness. It's, it's lying. Hypocrisy refers to actions that do not match one's words with their actions. Okay, this is the one that we, we all probably know pretty well because people uh, say the church is a bunch of hypocrites or whatever. We, this is one that we, we use, we understand. But hypocrisy, definition, actions that don't match one's words with their actions, all right? Envy is jealousy, but an important piece of jealousy, and this is one of the things I talk about when I do premarital counseling. We talk about jealousy and we talk about envy because one of the things that jealousy and envy does is it cheapens what you have. It cheapens what you have. It is a longing for something that God has not given. I could work and have a home and, and, and put in the sweat, put in all the work, have a home. But if I look at someone else's house and say, well, their house is, their house is bigger and better than mine, then I have cheapened my home. And it, draw, it puts a wall between me and this other person. And so envy is another one of those. It, it is a relationship-destroying word. It also, when I talk about in premarital counseling, it's not just a relationship with someone else. It's a relationship with your spouse that it can destroy. Why do they get to go on that vacation? Why do they get to do this? And it cheapens what we have. It cheapens what you have. So Peter tells us this isn't one of those things that we want to put back on. Slander. Slander moves from hostile attitudes to hostile actions. Slander is when we speak about other people in a malicious way. So let's talk just kind of about all of the, if you kind of pulled all of these in together, a lot of what these are, are dealing with is with our words. So let's look at a couple passages just to kind of walk through that. James chapter 4, 11 and 12. This is what James, the brother of Jesus, says to us. Don't criticize one another, brothers and sisters. Anyone who defames or judges a fellow believer defames and judges the law. If you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver and judge who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? James is reminding us, and all through James' epistle, he reminds us, your words matter. Your words matter. The way we talk about other people matters. Your words have an incredible amount of importance. So, where is, where is Peter pointing us? Let's go back to Peter, chapter 2. Verse 1. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, all slander. Then verse 2. Like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word. That you may grow up into your salvation. Now, what I want you to see here is, is Peter is kind of drawing two parallels. The first part of this parallel is Peter is saying to us, rid yourselves of some things. 
Rid yourselves of slander, of slander, of envy, of hypocrisy. Rid yourselves of deceit. Rid yourselves of these things. But then in the very next verse, Peter says, rid yourselves of those, but crave this. Crave. Crave God in the way that a child craves to be with their mother. This week, uh, Scout's been sick, and so she's been quarantined in the basement, which has been kind of a weird experience because it's like, I had to go through that in September, and I didn't like it. I really don't like it when it's Scout, and she's stuck down in the basement, and so we have to, like, text each other and, uh, you know, put food on the stairs and wave at her and come back, kind of do that, that kind of stuff. It's weird. And so the other night, I think Heather and I were just having one of those parent moments, uh, but Scout had been watching old videos that she had found on where I would like uploaded them to a cloud. And so we're laying in bed. And so Heather was telling me about one of them. So I pull them up. And so Heather and I laid in bed and watched about 20 minutes worth of our kids when they were two. And we just laid there and watched some of those videos. And we had just moved into our apartment in Fultondale. And I, when, I, when the kids were little, I loved to ask them questions. I'd always try to interview them. So it was just really funny of, you know, they're just tiny what do you think of Alabama? What do you think of your new church? And we're going through all this and scouts, you know, just you know, saying all these words and talking about Connie Cow, which was something, not one of our church members, it was something that they learned in preschool uh, as they're learning their letters. And she talked about all of these things and, and it was just really neat to, to watch them, but you longed, or I longed, for just to, to be with my kids. And all of those experiences, all of those things that we remember about those moments, they were hard moments, but they were incredible moments. And Peter says to us, guys, crave, like newborn infants crave desire, desire to be with God in the way that a child desires to be with their parent. And what struck me this week of that passage is it's not just a desire that a child has to be with a parent, but it's also the desire that our father has to be with us. That he craves to be with us. And instead, we have these other things that we keep putting on. So my struggle this week has been this. Of all the evil... Peter could have chosen. Think of, think of all of the thing, all of the bad stuff we could, we could write down. Of all the evil that Peter could have chosen to talk about in this verse, he chose relationship words. He chose malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander. I brought something with me today. These are some of my yard clothes. They are clean. They have been washed. I won't do that to y'all. But I have a shirt, two socks. Again, these are clean. My hat, shorts. This, this is what I've been thinking about all week. When we look at Paul, Paul tells us, 
as, as the people of God, there are some things I want you to put on. I want you to put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the sandals of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. These are the things I want you to put on. And I think if Peter could kind of jump in there, Peter would say to us, but guys, the problem is, God has done this incredible work in your life. And what we want is, is we want to crave to be with our father. We want to crave this real relationship with God. That's what we want you to crave. But instead, in, instead, you've, you've got the wet shirt of malice. The nasty, stinky shorts of deceit the socks of hypocrisy and envy, the yard shoes of slander. And God has done this incredible work in your life and you say, you know what, that's what I'd rather have. To go back to something that is filthy, to go back to something that doesn't bring life, to go back to something that only destroys relationship. And we've given up what God wants for us. And it's, it's such a disgusting example, I know. And I think Peter is saying to us, that's exactly what I want you to be thinking about. So this week, I want to challenge you. If you mow your yard at some point this week, you get out of the shower and you look at that pile of clothes and you think, that, 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 that's what I want to do today. I want to put those clothes back on and I'm going to spend the rest of the day in those clothes. I'm going to climb into bed with those clothes on. And you think, no way. And Peter would say to us, then why do you keep destroying relationships through your words, through malice, through hypocrisy? Why do you keep putting it on when God wants so much more for you? Why do you keep putting that on? Luke, chapter 6, Jesus says, a good person produces good out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of his heart. Guys, I don't... I don't want this to be the overflow of my heart. I want the overflow of my heart to be words that bring people together. I want the overflow of my heart to be things that unite, that bring hope, that bring life. I read something this week and I just jotted it down because I thought it was such a great statement. But it said, I don't think people trying to make their points are always aware of the damage they are doing to other people's hearts or their own reputations. But the fact is they are doing damage. I don't think people who are trying to make their point realize the damage they're doing to other people's hearts and the damage they're doing to their own reputations. But they are, in fact, doing damage. By slander, by deceit, by envy, by hypocrisy. And guys, I, I don't want to live there. 
I want to be something where the words that come out of my mouth are words that come out of my heart, words that show other people that what is happening beneath the surface of my life is something that God is doing, that I'm craving the things of God. I want to be someone where the words I use are full of hope and grace and love, not words of envy and disapproval and slander and deceit. A good person. And I think Jesus would be okay with us saying this. A person who is craving their father. Who is craving the spiritual milk produces good out of the good that is stored in their heart. The evil person produces evil because they keep putting back on the gross, nasty clothes. For their mouth speaks of the overflow of their heart. Guys, this morning, my hope and my prayer is that we turn from this. that we say, that's, that's, not, that's not what I'm going to live anymore. That's not the life that I'm going to live. I'm going to live of hope, of life, of someone who uses their words to build up. This morning as we close, that, that's my hope. That's my prayer. That we would be people who look at these things like that nasty pile of clothes and think, God has done too much in my life to go back to that. That this week, maybe you might have the opportunity to get out of the shower and look at that pile of clothes and be like, nope, nope, I am too clean to return to that. God has more for you, God has more for me than returning to the old life that he saved us from. He has too much for us. And this morning, my hope and my prayer is that we can be a people who commit ourselves to life. Who use our words not for damage, but who use our words for life, who build one another the world needs to hear hope. The world needs to hear truth. The world needs to hear, hear the gospel. But it starts with us craving the things of God to be with our Father, to be in relationship. And today, for some of us, we might just need to find a place to pray and to say, Lord, that's what I need in my life. I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of that icky feeling of putting those clothes back on. Lord, come and clean my heart. Cleanse me in a new way. And Lord, give me the desire for what is pure, what is spiritual, what is of you. Give me a desire for something that is real. For something that is life-giving, not relationship-destroying. This morning, as y'all know, um, our altars are always open. But if you want to come and find a place to pray, I just invite you to come. If you want to come and pray,
pray with Pastor James. He would be happy to pray with you. If you want to talk about what does it mean to follow Christ, he would be happy to pray with you. I'll be down at this altar. If anyone wants to be anointed for healing this morning, you're welcome to come, and I'd love to pray with you as well. But for some of you, you might just want to find a place to just say, I'm tired, tired of the dirty, of the gross. God, you have so much more for me than that. May I crave, crave what is true, crave what is right, crave what is of you. Let us stand as we sing.